Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care and support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Yeah, I, I thought, actually, I my intent was to like have the screen black and then I get, and then I was going to have all this stuff which I still have some, but the question was going to be, um, what is my favorite time of year? So that's, <laughs> that's all I have. See. Thankful pumpkin, everything, pumpkin spice. Today's Love the it. first day of fall. Did you want to know? Oh, that? right. It's September. Yeah. 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 No, I don't think I knew that today was the first day. 1.49 a.m. I saw that you found some more, not exactly, it's a different, like the pumpkin donuts. I saw that on uh, online. Yeah, they, yeah. well, because the ones that you got, so I was at, oh, but you know what I should have said, if you're not watching on YouTube, you did not see what I just did. And you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. If you're just listening. So I have on an orange shirt that says thankful and I have a, a mug that says pumpkin spice everything. And then another mug that says pumpkin everything, which all of these things were bought for me. But I was at Michelle's house a couple of weeks ago and she got these, like the the cake type old fashioned that are split on the top, you know, they're in the pumpkin donuts. And I think you said you got them from Publix, right? They're from Publix. So I think they were Krispy Kreme or something like that. Yeah. So we got the ones we got, I don't remember. I put the, the and they were good but they were not good. Like, like yours were good. Oh. Yeah. Yours are really good. So anyway, it's my, my favorite season, but it's going to be like in the eighties here in middle Tennessee. What about Chicago, Gracie? Like, Oh, it's gorgeous. It's sunny. Uh, mid sixties. I think one of those things where when you have the windows open at night, you need your blanket, but you don't need a blanket. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get there. Right. Michelle. Yes. Someday, maybe someday. So everybody's good. Yes. Okay. It's fall. Gracie's nodding her head. And I mean, it's always fun to catch people up because we haven't been together for a while. I know it seems like ages. It has. Like I recorded one. We just couldn't make it work. One by myself. And then I interviewed a guest, which probably won't air before this airs. Um, But anyway, it's been a weird week. I grabbed this is nobody's really going to care, but instead of straightening my hair, I grabbed my ear with the straightener. So I woke up I the next it. morning and all of my hair was like stuck, you know, to my ear. Mm-hmm. And that is just not even the point of today. But anyway, that's what my oh, week was like. Okay. Yeah. That's just a summary of what the whole week was that, like. That's a summary <laughs> right there. Yes. Yeah. So you know how I've when had you, weeks like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know how you tell people and, I may have mentioned this, we were talking before, I don't know, but I, like you, you tell people something about you, like I'm very clumsy and I, you know, I do stupid stuff like that all the time and people will go, oh no, we're all, and I'm like, I don't really think you understand. Like I hurt myself (laughs) all the time. I booked the wrong flight. I do, but I did that Mm -hmm. to my husband the other day because he was, and I didn't even know I was doing it, but he was talking about something he was struggling with. And I'm like, no, we all struggle. And I thought, no, he really yeah. feels like, like, like I feel like I'm more clumsy than your average person and whatever it was that he was struggling with. I sort of took that away from him. So I apologized. Nice. Thank you. 
little learning and growth opportunity. Right. Cheesy motivational poster. You know, we keep forgetting to do the cheesy motivational <laughs> things. Like I put one when I edited the episode, I put um I put a cheesy, I put it like in the YouTube thing, but then we didn't we didn't even make a big deal of it. So I don't even know if anybody knew. Okay, so that's good catch up time, right? Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Well, I am taking the lead on our topic today and I was going to send you all a couple of things, but then I thought, no, I think, I mean, you know what my topic is, but I thought it would be kind of fun to just like go through it together. So my topic, and I actually created a title, so we'll see if that stands. Um, So I'm calling it judgment, compassion, and emotional maturity. Um, but laziness is in parentheses there. So, you know, I just kind of wanted, I want to tell you how it came about. I got on some internet platform. I'm not even going to try to, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I saw an article and it was something about how to deal with lazy colleagues. And so I opened it up and I don't know why I opened it up, but for some reason it just, I don't know, I was in, I was intrigued and I read it. And so it had like signs that you have a lazy colleague and it was things like maybe not coming to meetings or um, not, you know, missing work or different things like that. And then it had all these methods of dealing with a lazy person. And so I started Googling it and I was like, wow, this is really a thing that people are talking about. So that that's when I told you all that I want to do this topic on laziness. Okay. So l- last night, Tim and I were talking and I said, you know, I told the girls that I wanted to do this topic on laziness, but I don't know, you know, do I really have anything to say about it? And he reminded me of this story and Gracie, you all, you listening or watching might know Gracie and I trained together a long time ago on the public seminar circuit. And this story happened on the public seminar circuit. So we go and we, we speak in like hotel conference rooms and we drive from city to city and companies just send their people to these public topics, you know, assertiveness and business communication, stuff like that. And every day we would get evaluated. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. So we would get these pink and white sheets and they would bubble it in, you know, all the numbers. And then they had a place for comments. And so I did this for seven years. What'd you do, Gracie? Maybe a little longer. I I, want to say eight and a half. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Rough life. I mean, rough, rough life on the road. Cities in five days. Yeah. Airports conference. Yeah. Yeah. Fly out on a Sunday, fly back on a Friday and zoom, zoom, zoom. So I don't remember what topic I was teaching, but I shared this story because we were talking about like time management and your values. And this, so I shared this story that Tim and I, you know, had our Christmas tree up, whatever year it was. And January came and we just didn't get it down. And then February came and we just didn't get it down. And then March came and it still wasn't down. And I, it was just bugging me. Now, bear in mind that this time I was doing the extensive travel, like two to three weeks a month on the road. We had six kids living at home full time, you know, Tim, it, it was just a lot. And I was trying to build my business. And so we talked about it because I was really upset. I was like, there's just so much and I'm not here. And he said, you know what? Why don't we leave it up? Just like purposely leave it up for now as a sign to both of us that we are going to focus on what's really important to us. Like when you're home, spending time you know, with us, with family, building your business, let's just make that a symbol. 
And I was like, I love that. Well, so I share this story and I get an email from actually on the evaluation, it did, there was nothing happened, but I get an email from the company that we trained for saying that a group of women um, said that I shared this story of my to cover my obvious laziness and that it wasn't helpful at all. And they wanted their money back because of that. And they got it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They got it. And so, I mean, you know, on a side note, it was still so early on and I was pretty devastated because one of my triggers, you know, having grown up in poverty with a mother who was a hoarder, we had, I mean, we lived in filth. And so to be told that I was lazy about doing something around my house, it was just, it was really difficult. And so Tim last night was like, why don't you share that story? And I was like, gosh, I haven't thought about that in years. And then I decided, yeah, we should talk about this, but in light of something bigger. Um, so do y'all have any thoughts so far? Do you think I'm lazy? No, <laughs> you're definitely not lazy. <laughs> I've known you a really, really long time. And that would have never like coming up with, you know, how to describe you. Never. That would have never come up. Uh -uh. Well, it hurt my feelings. So not you, but them. So then I have, I have things printed out and I have things on my phone and I thought, well, okay, let's, cause I'm a word person. So, and we aren't really going to focus just on laziness, but in light of that, like anything, some of the definitions of laziness, a disinclined, no disinclined to activity or exertion, not energetic, not vigorous, um, sluggish, slow, droopy, lax. So I thought about this, this article, and I thought about that story. And then I really thought about this concept of judging people, right? Which we've kind of alluded to a little bit. Um, well, because that's the thing, Tammy, when you read the definition, none of it's about personal, who the person is. It's but about our cultural definition is that person is not good. They're less than there. It's, it's a, it's completely and, different than definition. And when I hear you read the definition, like working in mental health, I mean, people who yes. struggle with depression, you know, struggle with it. And so like, it's, it's unfair and it's kind of, it's, it's a little shaming. Oh, absolutely. And exactly what you said too, Michelle, like um, doing all of the trainings, you know, that I do for the EAP program and all the speaking things and you being in mental health, all of us being in that world, we have a list of like signs and symptoms that somebody might be battling mental illness. And none of us is saying that anytime something happens, you must be battling with a mental health challenge, you know, but that's like classic things. Some of these things of, you know, not showing up or being late or appearing to not want to take care of things. And I hear people talk about sometimes too, that people just want to be lazy. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there might be people who want to be lazy, but I think that's a huge generalization. Yeah. So then I thought about this concept of judging, which is what that is. And so the first thing I thought it would be fun to do is let me make sure how I wanted to do this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, I mean, brainstorm some other things. It can be in the workplace. It can be with family. Um, some other things that people make assumptions about like so-and-so is just being lazier what are you know I was also thinking about 
thinking somebody thinks they know everything or what are, what are some other things you think that we're judgy about? Well, a lot of stuff that has been coming up this week, as a matter of fact, with the topics that I presented is the whole concept of procrastination. Mm. And it's kind of, it's very similar to laziness. And it's one of those things. I mean, think about it. It's like in the workplace, everybody thinks they have the hardest job or they work harder than everybody else, you know, but we yes. don't know. We don't. Did I ever tell you about the uh, COO of the hospital I used to work at when he, he came on? I don't know if I told you that story. Mm, I don't remember it. Do you, Michelle? No, I don't think so. So I used to work um, in the drug rehab unit in the hospital and- I'm sorry, in the what? In a hospital. In, in the what unit? Drug rehab. Oh, drug rehab. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And it was there was a lot of dysfunction and there was a lot of changes being made. Well, we got a new COO and one of the things he did really early on within the first six months- is he started job shadowing everybody, you know, different departments. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't go into the surgeon, you know, the OR. Oh, good, like, good. Yeah, that would be inappropriate, but, but you know, a lot of other folks. And I mean, he knew what they did. I mean, he knew their job description. But I love the fact that one of the first jobs that he shadowed was housekeeping. Oh. In a hospital. That is Right. That's, Go on, but know, that's huge. Oh my it's, goodness. It's huge. But a lot of times people look at housekeepers at, you know, I mean, there's just all this judgment and they didn't do a good enough job and they missed this and they, you know, okay. So he, he, for one day he job shattered housekeeping, everybody in housekeeping got a raise the next week. Wow. Those because, are hard. Right. Because a lot of times we, we know what they're doing. No, we just see part of it. We're not seeing all the stuff behind the scenes at all. And so if somebody's not getting into something that's important for me, they're procrastinating or they're lazy or whatever. Well, well, no, maybe there's other stuff going on that's higher priority than you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good. I mean, that is related to laziness, just somebody not getting things done. And they just, we assume sometimes they're just putting, they're just putting it off because, or, or maybe another thing that goes along with it is I've heard people say, well, they don't care, you know? Right. Right. Yes. They don't care about yes. their job. Amen. They don't care about what I need. Um, Michelle, if they cared, they would have done it. Right. Yeah. So this lack of caring. Were, were you going to say something, Michelle? I thought you. No, I was. Well, the thing I was going to say is I think it's just in general. I mean, like first impressions, even like I can remember, you know, being someone who struggled with social anxiety when I was really young. I mean, and still it's, it's a lot, a lot better, but like very, when I was very young, very shy very quiet. And the number of people in my lifetime back then that said, when I first met you, I thought you were really stuck up, but you're really, really nice. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so that happened, like, like I said, numerous people said that to me. And so it kind of made me self-aware of like being very quiet can come up across many different ways, but you know, first impressions, how we, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, doesn't mean, I don't think we mean it to be judgment, but we all do that kind of that first impression of someone. That's that's good. That makes me remember that, um, Tim, when we first met, he told me that I was unapproachable. Oh, really? uh Yeah. Yeah. And I guess other people felt that way too. Uh, somebody just told me the other day, we, well, Beth, who was on the podcast with us together, my friend, Beth, she, we get our hair done at the same place. And the, the woman who does our hair said to Beth, she's just so smart. And I don't know what to talk to her about. And I'm like, what? 
and who knows like maybe it's even just the fact that she knows you're you know dr tammy west i think people's impressions can come from a lot of different things not always on target with who someone is and so i think it's good to keep an open mind oh so kind of what we're talking open about is unconscious mind. bias right yeah you know we go into yeah. our we, we we contextualize everything through our reality and why would we question that? Well, we can't. I mean, we'd have to question every single interaction and situation and, you know, but I think to recognize that maybe our first or our regular reactions or assumptions are biased. You know, um, so you who are listening or watching, you know, it's it's easy, like we can get on here and talk about all the things that quote people do or this is what happens and I don't think we come across necessarily as thinking that we're perfect or better but all the things that we talk about on here okay so I'm gonna and I'm gonna go on next to another story about judging because oh my gosh I do it too just like everybody else will you all admit yes or no oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so as I was as I was thinking of this topic and going further further in my mind I was thinking well you know why do we do that why do we have this now it goes a little further than that because we don't just do the judgment then we talk about it right right talk about it with our spouse with our coworker, with a friend you know whatever and and I'm not saying we we shouldn't talk about things with each other you know it's good to have like a safe person or someone that you can vent to but we talk about it and sometimes we talk about it in a group so that brought me to because I'm like okay I was feeling that way years ago with that tree story and I'm sure it's happened to me but I was like well when when have I done it and so this I can't share details at all about this situation but it was a few years ago when we had a situation in my life and my, I was super upset at the people, person involved in this situation. And there were other people who knew what was going on. And so our conversations revolved around that person, but it was about who they were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All the things they don't care they're lazy. They're this, they're that. And then we would sit around and talk about it and so I've always had a few things that I've talked about with you know why we do that and I'm sure you all know but I, I pulled I did find some really good articles that help kind of put it in perspective and, and I hope we're let me make sure we're making sense here so we're talking we talk about one behavior laziness that we assign to somebody and then we talked about that in light of judging and why do we judge so well, let's talk about why we judge. Um, do you all have any, you, share, do you have any ideas? Like why we, before we just read things, why do we judge other people? It feels good, <laughs> right? There's a little neurotransmitter rush. And, you know, and I think also, you know, the whole concept of projection and stuff like that, I'm not as bad as they are, or, you know, I'm better. I mean, that, it, it feels good. I hate to say it, but- well, it, because why would we in like, if you want to talk about an evolutionary sense or whatever, why would we continue a behavior like that all the time, all the time over and over if there wasn't some kind of benefit? So well, I mean, it might, it might type it into the whole survival thing. Well, but right? feeling good is one thing. 
the feeling good is one thing, but the other thing too, is if somebody's bad, we need to keep ourselves safe from them. So we will communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in terms of evolution, we communicate bad things more often than we communicate good things. Right. Because we're survivalists at the core. And that's kind of like what I was thinking too, that, that assessment, like we meet someone that first impression, there's kind of an assessment, like, and, you right. know, even when you're not thinking you're judging or you're not like looking at it from that perspective, you kind of are, like we said, and then, you know, analyzing i mean it's just seems like something that has been for all time especially with women groups of women yeah i mean because it can be it's it's a verbal thing too you know if you're doing that and talking so there were four things on here and i was really because i already knew some of these about my experience with the situation that i can't really talk about but where i was and i rightfully so I was very angry about the behaviors that were happening but and I have this on a slide in my PowerPoint presentation it says it's not people's behaviors that upset us it's the motives that we assign to them that upset us so the behaviors were upsetting but it was my assessment of why that was happening so number one um it helps us feel superior and I thought about that okay and here's how here's how I thought about that in light of this situation so we're all sitting around we're all talking about it and one person said, well, you know, what about this? Like, I think they're really trying to, and then it was like, it's like, if I don't judge, it like takes away because I was in the position of moral authority or moral, the moral high ground, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the position to be upset and to make a judgment. And now you're telling me that maybe this person is not as bad as I thought. So it takes away our superiority. Does yeah. I mean, have you thought about that? I mean, I'm sure you have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how many times have we interacted with a higher up or somebody who's a lot of letters after their name or whatever? And if you question them, I mean, not even questioning them, but ask them a question, they take it as a personal attack, you know? So there's the whole, it's like we're questioning their authority slash superiority. And I know for me, one of my things is, is that I know a lot of stuff. I've been on this planet for a while. I've had a lot of experiences and I have a tendency sometimes to dismiss other people's interpretations of things because how would you know? Mm. You know, you haven't, you Mm. you, you haven't had the experience. You haven't had the training. You haven't had that. You're not me. How would you know? In your head. In my head, but sometimes things come out usually (laughs) respectfully, but it's like, I'll say, oh, that's a good point, but, Hmm. and so one of the things I've tried to do is replace it with and, and I have to think about an and statement versus a but statement. And if I can't come up with an and statement, then I need to really consider what they're saying. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things If I just assume if I know something, I know something and your perception is incorrect and inaccurate. Yeah. And when you're when you're, and actually that goes along with number two, and then Michelle, you can talk, I'm going to put these two together. So number one is judging people makes us feel superior. And number two is we bond with each other when we, so when I'm in this group of people and I'm upset about this person and we're all talking about it. And I'm, even though I don't know it at the time, I'm feeling like I'm in a position of like the moral superior, because I would never do that, you know, so I'm up here and they're down here. So not only that, but we're all bonding over it. 
you know, we bond over that. It's that whole tribal, you know, bonding together and then over leaving another person out. And so again, the behaviors were not okay, but it was deeper than that, what I was doing. I'm sorry, Michelle, you were, I think, going to say something. No, I wasn't, but I can. Oh, well, please do. (laughs) I was just, I was really just, just thinking, I think that like in terms of sharing, I was kind of just thinking about, you know, I don't think I've ever really realized this, that I think I'm more guilty of judging when I feel less than um, and assigning characteristics to people that they probably don't deserve. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. Just living like we live, like, like I live where I do to um, based on work and getting there, but there's a lot of affluent families in the area where I live and I can remember going to a women's event at church one night it was through the week and I had to come straight from work to go there and so I could no no time to to stop and brush my hair even brush my teeth I'm going straight from work to this event and I walk in and like it just looked like everyone stepped off like a magazine cover and so like in that moment did you just (laughs) yeah I mean I can remember some of the thoughts which were were very judgmental and unfair in that moment and it came from that kind of feeling out of place or um I guess less than so so I was trying to to think about situations where I can find myself being judgmental and that is definitely like when I think back that is a definite theme that I'm really glad you shared that because I had a similar experience and I haven't shared this with my but we have some friends and we have some friends that's funny I've never told anyone that before but we have some friends (laughs) (laughs) It's shocking with my laziness and my propensity to judge people, but, um, they, they have beautiful homes and they're very creative and they're, you know, they have great decor and I'm not. And so I was talking to Tim about it one night and I was feeling very judged, but I realized, cause we had, we go to each other's houses and they came to my house and I realized that they weren't judging me. You know, they could have, that's not, they could care less. You know, they, they don't love me and care about me because I have the, you know, equal propensity for decor and flair. So it was a real, I wasn't even thinking about that in terms of what you said until you just brought that up, that it can go both ways, you know, no one was unkind to me. And so like, there was a lot of unfairness and so I, I think that that's something that I hadn't really even realized. So glad we did this, this topic. Oh, well, I'm going to share, you all might remember, because this relates to that. I don't, wasn't going to say this, but I'll share a link in the show notes. I think I did this episode before we were together on self-esteem. And I talk about the book all the time, but Patrick McKay and Matthew, Matthew McKay, anyway, I'll share the, the link, but they talk about this variable ratio scale. Cause this is really, when you talk about it that way, it's comparison, right? I mean, it's, it's all comparison and they talk about it like a slot machine. So 
when we go around comparing, like usually we fall short, like I'm not as pretty. I'm not as smart. I'm not, you know, our minds are comparing um, like a slot machine. You put the money in and you push the button and you get nothing, you get nothing, you get nothing, you get nothing. And what, so why do you keep doing it? Well, because every once in a while, and this is what you talked about earlier, that it feels good every once in a while you, you win $5, even though you spent $75 to get it. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. And you win and it's great. And it's the same thing with comparison, whatever the trait is, it doesn't mean that we do it for everything in our lives, but whatever it is, we're comparing, comparing, and it's not good, not good, not good. But then we find that moment when we're, we come out on top and we feel good. And so then we keep doing it like a slot machine. So all right. So the, so the four things, the last two about, about judging, um, are really just about kind of some positive things. Like, so number three, it helps us to recognize our own goals. So as we're kind of judging, it may not be good to, to judge as far as the way that we feel about the person, but we, we look for behaviors that we like or don't like, or things that we like or don't like, so we can figure out what we want. Like, no, I don't want that, or I don't. And so it's a way to uncover our goals. And so it's then kind of like a neutral judging. It's it's more like yeah. assessment than judging. Yeah. Yeah. What's okay. the definition okay. of judging? Like if we were gonna if you were to look up right now, right. what do you say? Like I, I did like have that. that. Yeah. Hang on. I did have I that. I knew you I, would. That's why I asked. I forgot to read it. So it is the act of rendering an authoritative decision, forming an estimate or critical opinion, or making or expressing a negative assessment of someone or something. For example, I'm tired of the constant judging and critiquing by others. So forming a, an estimate or a critical opinion or making or expressing a negative assessment. And my brain goes to that last one, that the, the negative part of it, but I think it's the critical assessment is. A critical opinion or a negative or, assessment. That, yeah, I like the critical opinion, not in terms of criticizing, but like you were just saying with the terms of goals of, okay, what does this mean to me? What is, and examining, assessing it. Yeah. So you're, more neutral. you're yeah. saying that like it helps recognize our goals. Oh, and then the last one, it uncovers our own faults. So a lot of times, and we've heard this before, my husband says it all the time that preachers preach more heavily on topics that they might be battling. I don't know whether that's true or not, but you know, we often get get upset about behaviors and other people that we just can't really see in ourselves. I don't really know how well, it's that. Yes. Yeah, that projection. Yeah. 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 So any more thoughts about that? Because then I want to get to the, like, what do we do? Ooh, I want to get to what do we do? Okay. Ooh. And, and let me say this one more thing. Another reason this thought came up is that one of my kids was my grown kids uh, called me to talk about someone that they work with. He was struggling and making some of these, you know, assessments, judgments, um, you know, they don't, they don't care. They don't, you know, that kind of thing. And there were a lot of other things that went with it, but I was asking some really good questions about why that sounded self-serving. I was asking some really good questions, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I meant I was asking some questions because <laughs> you know, I was curious, like, what do you, do you think, do you think that was meant that way? You know, do you think you could meet them where they are? Do you, we had a really good, but the topic of compassion came up because there's, you know, we've talked about the reasons that we keep that judgment in, 
Um, but I, I wanted to read this to you. I, I think when I think about, well, what's the, the better way to get through this? And I think about compassion and emotional maturity. So I'll read both of those things to you. Um, compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion research, it is defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another suffering and you feel motivated to relieve that suffering. It doesn't mean that you do relieve that suffering. Um, it's different from empathy. Empathy is just the feeling, you know, that you you feel right. uh, sadness for, but it's not, you don't have those necessarily emotions to help. And so I feel like if we could get to a place that's just a little bit really keeping that mind of compassion, that it might yeah. bring us a little bit closer. I don't know. Do y'all think that relates? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because there's, if there's something going on, especially if there's any sort of with a negative consequence, because usually when we're judging, it's because there's a negative outcome or something, I maybe. And if we could come from a place of compassion, we can learn a lot about others, ourselves. We'll change our perspectives, our realities, our interactions. Jen, do you think that that the three of us having worked in mental health though, like we have heard, I mean, how many other people's stories? Hundreds and hundreds of of stories. Like so we have the inside of knowing that there's a lot of different reasons that people behave in different mm. ways. Do you think um that 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 is across the board that people understand that or do you think that um it's harder does that question does my question make sense yeah it, it does and I, th I think that's a really good point because we've had the experience we have professional training we've had the personal experience we were aware of this and i think the average person doesn't i i I think that the average person just goes around with their unconscious bias, just places their assumptions on everybody else. And if you do something that negative impacts me, it's all your fault and you're a bad person. And and they just move on to the next interaction. And it, it affects compassion because they uh, don't necessarily yeah. have the stories to back up. Yeah. Right. And there's no process to trigger that introspection because people aren't going around announcing their story on the street corner. They do. Right. <laughs> so unless we ask or consider or examine, we're never going to get the other person's stories ever. So, oh, are you all familiar with Humans of New York? Yes. 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 Will you remind me and send me that link? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're on Facebook. Yeah. And I have some of his books. It's yes. yeah. 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 It's amazing. So yes. For any listeners, anybody watching, check Brandon out on Humans of New York. It's about how everybody has a story. Yeah. Mm. I love that. You know, it makes me think too, when you talked about that, like, because that Michelle, you're always so insightful when it comes to that, that we do live in this world. And so we have, we've, we've heard and learned so many more things than a person who is not in this world, but also it's a factor. One of the, the, I love this researcher and I think it's Le Beauvier. I don't know. I'll pose. It's a researcher. And she has this model of emotional maturity and she talks about, okay, so when we think, because I also think it's not just about working in the mental health world, it's about like self-reflection and learning and growing mm -hmm. in whatever way that means. Um, like my son is massively inward directed. 
but she talks about youth and their emotional processes are directed outward toward understanding. And I wrote this in one of my papers. So this is, this is my words, but toward understanding language and symbols and cultural norms. So when they're young, their emotional processes are looking more at what you're doing and what you're saying and the emotional type things. And then as you go further toward adulthood, that emotional development turns inward um, more with our experiences, thinking becomes more reflexive. They begin to understand emotions, not in terms of behavior. So instead of saying my head almost popped off, I was so mad, you know, that tends to change a little bit, but it begins to go more into internal thoughts. And so the three things she talks about, she doesn't say it this way, but this is what I took about emotional maturity. Number one is that emotional language matures and becomes more complex, indicating an understanding of my self-regulation and your emotions. So that's part of how I think we get past that that judging thing. Um, and I'm going to skip part of this. I just want to say the last part, because I think it has to do with maturity too, is that older adults have with higher ego levels and verbal abilities will describe their emotions in a mature manner, a more mature manner. And she says more emotional development implies the ability to coordinate one's emotions with others. And it's considered the hallmark of caring, empathy, and equality. And I just thought that was really beautiful. You know, like there is something, cause you said, Gracie, you know, you've been around here for a while. So you, um, you know, some things and right. You know, all of us in our 40s and 50s, that's given us some time. It doesn't mean that everybody chooses to take a path of becoming more compassionate and less judgmental, but it's a better place to be. Mm -hmm. So I, other than just sort of thinking about all these things, the last thing is I, I found some great research on ways to become less judgmental. And so I think we only have about five minutes left. Um, I feel like my pastor, he's just like that, 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 that. And he's like, okay, four quick things. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, so number one, this was the one that it's very simple, but it was very powerful for me with that situation. Distinguish between judging actions and judging people. And so I like, it's not, it doesn't, being less judgy doesn't mean we let people walk all over us and we let people treat us poorly or that coworker who's dumping all the projects on me, then that's a behavior I need to address, but it doesn't mean that I need to read an article about how to deal with my lazy coworkers, right? Yep. All right, number two, ask yourself what you really know about the person that you're judging. And that's kind of what you all talked about. We all have histories, we all have baggage, we all have different levels of emotional maturity. Um, most people are not out to get us. They're not trying to, you know, we're, we're all battling something most of the time. Even yeah. all of us right now. Yeah, we all have stuff. We all have stuff. Do we have time? Can I share a story? No. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take it. Okay. <laughs> please. Yeah, you're so, I would be like, no. But Grace is like, okay, no, please. Yeah. <laughs> So when I was working in drug rehab, our, our facility was off campus, off the hospital. And I was driving home one day. It had been a really long day, had a lot of stuff going on. And this car cuts me off. Like if I hadn't slammed on the brakes, we would have totaled both cars. It was like, you are not paying attention. What is, cuts me off, makes an immediate turn. I'm following them now. 
because I grew up on the Southwest side of Chicago and you don't do that to me. And I'm going to teach you a lesson. If you're not watching, wow. like if you're listening and not watching on YouTube, you need to go to YouTube and watch Gracie's little, you know, she like became a whole different person there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so they cut me off, make a right-hand turn. I follow them. They pull into the hospital emergency department. She's in labor. I hop out of the car. I'm still on adrenaline. Like what the fuck? Work here. Would you like me to help you? Did you mute yourself because you were like saying bad words or did you just like talk more quietly? I talked quietly. Okay. <laughs> so what happened? But no, no, I was, I mean, I was, I, I jumped out of the car and I was blown to have it. I mean, the adrenaline was on there and then she comes out and she can barely walk and you could tell her water had broken and I still have my employee name badge on. So I lifted up. I said, I can tell you're in trouble. I'm telling, something's going on. I work here. Can I help you? I did not take them out, which is good. And, but in that moment, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Basic rules of the road, use your turn signal, don't cut it off. And I'm going to teach you a lesson. I don't need to teach you a lesson. I need to help you. So it was not her behavior that it was, it was the motive that you assigned. That is a great, can I, can I use that story? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and think about that in today's world. I mean, like the way things have, have changed in terms of like, you know, yeah. we've had multiple shootings here in Nashville, yeah. like road rage shootings. So yeah. it's like, like, it's not even the same world to, you know, so like there's even safety in kind of thinking through what the other possibilities could be. Yes. And, you know, let's, let's mention this too, that Sometimes we don't want to, I think some of the other reasons that we don't want to let it go or change our thoughts is because of things like, well, it's not fair or they got away with it or, but gosh, it's such the people who experience all that road rage or whatever it is that they're, they're judging or critiquing about at least trying to change it can give us so much more peace. You know, right. I don't want to be mad all the time. Right. Exactly. Don't. Okay. Number three, reflect upon how it feels to be judged yourself. And that, that's a good traffic thing. Cause I do try, I will say, I will, I will say, I do not have road rage at all. The one thing that, that does begin to really tick me off is when somebody's tailgating me and, but I will just pull over, but, um, but I've pulled out in front of somebody before. Yeah. You know, I've probably tailgated somebody before I've probably, you know, cut somebody off before. So it helps for me to remember myself, you know, how I remember getting out, sorry, but I'm at Walmart, spent a few months ago and I'm walking. Okay. So here's the, like, there's the two um, rows of cars and I get out and I'm walking and I'm in the middle of something had just happened. And I was just zoned. And suddenly I hear this honk and this woman goes around me. She's doing that whole waving thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I felt embarrassed and humiliated because it wasn't that I was just trying to be a jerk. I was absolutely in another place. So, right. you know, that helps sometimes just knowing how it feels to be judged. And I think it's important too, though, is making sure that when we're judging ourselves, it's in the healthy, develop the compassion thing, not beating ourselves up. Oh, so you're, so not only with other people, but with ourselves, with ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. And the last one is notice the negative impacts of judging on yourself 
and your relationship. You know, we talked earlier, of course, it can create bonds. You know, we know that it can feel good. We know that it can do all those things, um, but it can have a negative impact, especially if you don't realize that you're being critical and judging all the time. It can have an impact on your own mental health and then your relationships with other people. So I thought those I'm were trying to remind my 14 year old of that right about now. She started high school this year and I'm trying to remind her of that very point because, oh my gosh, yeah. 14 high school. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take all the blessings I can get. <laughs> well, I think we ran a few minutes longer than I had wanted to, but do you all have anything else about this topic or should we wrap it up? Oh, I think we should wrap it. I, I'm, I'm going to be make, writing some notes because I have some ideas of, I need to examine some of my stuff. And I thank you for this. This is kind of exciting. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you. Hey, well, and I, I had an epiphany that I can't really talk about, but about a big, and that, and it came through my, my counselor and I was like, Ooh, that was tough to hear, but it was something that I was doing being very judgy and making an assumption that was probably not true. So, you know, and for me, it's always just about, I just want to be as emotionally mature as I can be. I want to be having grown up with such anger and mental health challenges. I just don't want to feel like that. And, and I know other people are suffering too. So, um, okay. Well, you good, Michelle? I'm good. Okay. Well then thank you for joining. I know this is going to be one of our last few episodes. I'm not sure where it will fall in the last few episodes, but please keep, you know, supporting, downloading, rating, subscribing, leave us notes, whether it's on the show notes or on the Facebook pages or any of those places. And if you are a woman and you're not part of our private group, that will be in the show notes too. All right, ladies, you ready? Yep. And until we're together next time, Consider, Consider yourself, yourself hugged. hugged. <laughs>